Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to One Up Deliver Through the AI Podcast Channel. It's me, Guy, and I'm joined with by Carl. How you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I am good. Although we do have a task ahead of us because we're here. And I don't know why I said here like that, but I'm going to roll with it because I can't be asked about it in it. To discuss E3 and what I usually do at this stage, Carl. And as you know, I lie to the audience and say this shouldn't be too long a show. But we have a lot to talk about, so this might be a long show. Does that mean this is going to be an hour long? <laughs> well, it, it might it might be World Reverse Day, so you, you never know. That's um, but I I wouldn't be too confident, given we have what twelve showcases to to review. Yes, and we will not do them all in the expected detail of an Xbox and Nintendo and stuff like that, because. It would take longer than the entirety of E3. But we are going to go through quite a lot of them in details. I'm going to pick out some games and stuff like that. We, we, we are, well, this is basically all a news show because of E3, but there is no news apart from bits and bobs we can kind of fold into uh, discussions about certain developers and stuff like that. But Car, only place to start was Summer Game Fest, and obviously the big reveal. We'll talk about that in a sec, but. Summer Game Fest, I mean, it was a nice opener, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a nice mix of, of games and other stuff like, you know, TV shows and that related to games. You kind of expect that. Um, it also gave you the usual laughs you get from a, a Jeff Keighley-produced um, gaming showcase, um, you know, such as his, his usual um, obsession with Kojima and also some awkward inbuilt ads for for amazon prime um but all in all it was it was a good showing it didn't really overstay its welcome and, and that's really what you want from a showcase and uh, of course it gave them us some games that we didn't know about and that's what we're here for yeah absolutely absolutely i mean we'll go off your list and as we say we'll skip a few of them because i can't remember them all i'm sure you can't even though you you got into much more detail in your notes than me 
which is basically nothing. Thank you, Carl. Um, but starting off, I mean, Borderlands, I was going to say DLC there, Borderlands 3.5, we're going to call it, the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and the way it was presented, I thought it was going to be some big RPG thing from Gearbox. But no, it's like, uh, seems to be a parody of Dungeons and Dragons type thing, but Tiny Tina, it, 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 it'll sell, it'll be entertaining, it'll probably be one people pick up, probably on sale at some point. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of, when we were predicting this E3, we talked about Gearbox and about Borderlands, and we knew that Borderlands 4 was in the works somewhere deep in Gearbox, but it was probably a long way off. So we we kind of contemplated maybe some, some Borderlands 3 DLC, but it seems like they've gone a half step here. This is kind of a, a side game. It, you know, it's a Borderlands title, but it's not a Borderlands title. And it seems to have spun off um, one of the, the Borderlands 2 DLCs, probably the most popular Borderlands DLC, um, which was basically involved the player characters playing a, a D&D type game with Tiny Tina and uh, saw them in a, a world with uh, like a, a unicorn and uh, dragons and all sorts. And it seems where that's where Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is, is going to go. And it's kind of cool when you see that when a, a developer comes up with a kind of a slice of something in a DLC and then it just proves to be so popular that they decide to explore it more. So I, as a fan of Borderlands, I, I still haven't quite gotten into Borderlands 3, but um, I, I think bizarrely, I think this might appeal to me more because it, it seems slightly different while still having mm. what I love from Borderlands. It's so. character, you know, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tiny Tina has to be one of the, the best characters in Borderlands. And that's saying something because Borderlands, I mean, it's the characters that make it. It's the, the NPCs. Like I, I don't think I've ever encountered a game where the NPCs are so interesting. Usually they're just kind of throwaway, but in, in Borderlands, they really make the game. It's all right. Gearbox thought it was that interesting. We get to interview the entire cast of a film that's probably two years away. <laughs> well, maybe spoilers. We'll, yeah, maybe we won't get to that because it really wasn't worth talking about. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, next up on the list, I mean, if you want to bring anything up, feel free to jump in, Carl. But I mean, I'm going off your list. The next one that's probably the big thing is Death Stranding, getting a director's cut and. Maybe that's not the big news, but it seemed to hint at some Metal Gear Solid crossover thing with him getting in a box. That seems to be, I don't know, it seems to be hinted at something, but we obviously know Kojima's uh, not with Konami anymore, but Christ, there's, there's been rumours about that all over the weekend, as well, up through the week as well. So I, it was just weird, wasn't it? That's pretty much what I'm going with here. Yeah, I mean, I touched on that that an interview with Kojima. Just like I thought, that's all it was going to be initially, because we just know how much Jeff Keighley loves uh, Kojima. But of course, when it looked like he was signing off the interview, Kojima indicated it was one more thing, and then we got, as you said, a teaser that seemed to be kind of a tongue-in-cheek reference to to Metal Gear Solid, um, which was cool. Um, I mean, I. Death Stranding is, is something that, that's been high on, on my backlog for a while, and, and now it seems I'll have to, to put it on pause until this comes <laughs> out, because you may as well play the director's cut. But it's interesting that it seems to be PS5 exclusive for now, mm. um, given that there was obviously a lot of um, 
hype behind uh, Phil Spencer having a Kojima production statue on a shelf behind him uh, during a kind of a, an interview earlier in the year. So people were convinced that that uh, Death Stranding was coming to, to Xbox. Now it might yet come to Xbox, but it seems at least for now that there's there's some kind of exclusivity on it, which is interesting. Yeah, I think people were also hinting at Kojima doing a new game for Xbox as well, which might have been it, but well, we'll talk about Xbox and what wasn't there at the at a later date, but yeah, I mean, depends on what the exclusivity is with uh, with Sony, I suppose, but I, I'm all for giving an Amazon <laughs> simulator a go, but why not? Um, next up, and this isn't big for anyone else apart from me, is Jurassic Park Evolution 2. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't even need to talk to you about it because it's just par- it's just park building with dinosaurs. Who doesn't want that? Um, what would you pick out out of this list next, Carl? Um, for me, I, I suppose uh, Sable from Shedworks. It was an interesting way to to show off a game with a, a musical performance. Uh, while clips of of the game played in the background, but it really gives me vibes of um, I'm blanking on the game. Um, one moment there. Um, Too many games. Biggest game. Yeah, that's it. I, I think I've just had a game overload in 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 the last few days. Um, I Journey, of course, Journey, yes. which was the the massive hit. Um, on PlayStation platforms, um, and we'll we'll probably be talking about the developer of that game company in in a few moments. Um, but it, it really gave me vibes of Journey, and Journey is just such a a unique game. So when when something gives you those vibes, it it immediately catches your attention. Um, and it's out on September twenty third, which you know, unlike a lot of these games, it isn't too far away. Um, so I'll be definitely checking that one out. I, I did watch this, and I've seen. I think I've seen it a few times at other shows as well. I've certainly seen the adverts for it floating about. It's, it's what is it? Three D platform? Is that what we'd call it? Because it's very unique. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, kind of a three D platform and adventure game. Yeah, I mean uh, these days it's so hard to place games in genres because yeah. there's there's so the the lines are completely blurred. They really are. It took me a long time to think of the word roguelike the other day, <laughs> which is still very common, but yeah, it took me a long time to describe something as that. Um, yeah, Sable does look interesting. I, I, maybe not my cup of tea, but if you are a 3D platformer and almost an artsy type game, it, it looks right. It'll be up your street. Um, COD stuff, nobody cares on this podcast, let's be honest, but COD stuff. Um, it it wasn't even really COD. It was weird. Like it just yeah. um, came on just to say, "Oh, the new season's coming to Warzone," and announcing new it. zombie maps and <laughs> streamer <we'll>, stuff. <laughs> and, and Sledgehammer are working on the next Call of Duty, but we're not quite ready to talk about that. Like it was, it was strange. It was it was just it, you'd, the, you'd question why they were there. The only thing I can think of is they have a marketing deal with Sony, so they couldn't show it here. That's the only reason I can think of, but why wouldn't you show it here? But, yeah, maybe they're waiting for a Sony show at some point. Um, Among Us, getting new content for that, and, well, we probably won't discuss it in the Xbox bit, but it's coming to console, and Game Pass 
I think I assume it was day one on on uh, on Game Pass. Um, Chivalry Two is probably the next one I pick out just because it looks mental. <laughs> well, but, well bef- before we get to that, you, you mentioned PlayStation before. I mean, this is probably PlayStation's only presence at, at, throughout E3 with Shuhei Yoshida, um, who's head of their their indie development um to come on to talk about three games he, he talked about chicory a colorful tale which seems to be a, a game which you know you paint to to work your way through the the world um and then he unveiled salt and sacrifice which is the sort of follow-up to um salt and why am i i'm just Blurring on me. <laughs> Salt and Sanctuary, exactly. At least one of us is on the ball with the name. I am not. I am not on YouTube looking at the game, <laughs> which was obviously a, a you know a, a very popular kind of two D Dark Souls esque game. Um, so it, you know, obviously for for PlayStation, have secured that you know seemingly at least as a timed exclusive. Uh, is pretty impressive, and then they he finished out with a, a trailer for Solar Ash, which of course we know is the the um, follow up to Hyperlight Drifter, which is coming out later this year, and is, yeah. is as well a timed exclusive for PlayStation. So it was just interesting that that Sony's only presence at E3 was to talk about indie titles. You mm. know, there was there was nothing AAA. It is strange. I mean, I think there was a rumor. I didn't click on the link or anything to see the validity of it, but I think there was a rumor that Sony were going to do a show at some point in the summer. But yeah, you'd think if there were to do something in the summer, it'd be announced at E3 week. But I mean, you still got a year. That's a month away, and that's still been announced. So it's a bit strange, but we'll see. But yeah, getting getting the announcement of. Uh, uh, from PlayStation's indie, I, it was uh, it was interesting. I don't think any of them tickled my fancy too much. I mean, Solar Ash, and I know you're what's a hyperlight drift. I know you always speak well of that. Is this one you're looking forward to, Solar Ash? Yeah, it'd be definitely one I'll be getting on. Um, I'm very, very interested in it. I mean, I've probably seen enough of it at this point, though. That yeah, I, it's I been a few really times. Need to see it again, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, certainly looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, Tarkov, yeah, I'd play it if it was on console. Two Point Campus, is it's like Sims but different, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, obviously, um, it's the follow up to Two Point Hospital, which was kind of a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital. Um, this game was actually leaked, I think, by um Xbox ahead of of E3 on on their web on their store, um. But I've been I I've been meaning to play Two Point Hospital for a while. I I enjoyed kind of like uh, theme park and theme hospital back in the day. They kind of you know get these theme company like business theme games. But Zoo they don't Tycoon. Take too seriously. Everyone loves Zoo Tycoon as a kid. They just did. So I'm I'm with you there. So yeah, it's it's uh it's nice that the series is gonna continue on. Um I, I hope maybe next might be two point park or maybe two point zoo. Uh, could, oh, could be uh, as because uh, I think that this seems to be their focus. I mean the the studio's called two point studio. So 
Um, I, I'm looking forward to to this one when it comes out next year for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Hospitals on Game Pass. I might be wrong with that, but if it is, it it, it certainly was. So it might yeah, still be. I might check that out actually. Um, Netflix. I know they announced a few things. Uh, Cuphead show. I haven't even watched anything. None of this Netflix crap. <laughs> um, but there is a few game-related shows in there. I mean, anything that tickled your fancy? Uh, certainly. I mean, you know, we've talked so many times how both of us are big fans of, of Castlevania and what they're they're doing there in, in terms of video game content. And I've, I've watched some of their other shows like uh, Dragon's Dogma, another video game-based uh, anime, which was really good. And there's a lot more on the horizon, obviously, like the the Tomb Raider series, and uh, to to mention it again, Hyperlight Drifter, and uh, Devil May Cry, and Assassin's Creed. Like, I think it seems to be a big focus for Netflix. So I'm mm. not surprised to bring it's an more. It's an untapped market, isn't it? it? Really is. Yeah, and and I mean, like Cuphead, obviously, it, it's a show. It's a game based on classic animation. So no surprise, it's getting turned you know full 360 to being a show um and resident evil you know i've watched some of the resident evil animated movies in the past they're always a decent watch so i'll certainly check this one out as well so i mean the the more the merrier i mean this is the best video game adaptations we've probably ever had Mm. are are what's coming to netflix at the moment so I'm, i'm happy there's going to be more of it um but before we move on, actually, this reminds me, we, we skipped over earlier, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Free Guys. Was it just oh, me, or did you yeah. have the reaction and say, was this movie not already out? I thought it was out right, like, bef- just before the pandemic, because it was advertised for fucking ages, wasn't it? I, th- I yeah. thought it came out, like, two years ago at this stage. Yeah, and no, Ryan Reynolds seemed to make a joke. As to that fact, you know, about how, how you know, cause that he'd forgotten who was in the movie. So I think <laughs> it was made a long time ago and it just got completely scuppered by the um, the pandemic. Um, but it just it just was so weird for me. I was like, well, why are they showing a movie that came out like two years ago? Like, is it is it coming to, you know, kind of some gaming platform or something? To be fair, did maybe this is because I've not been to the cinema in like it must be two years now. I, I'd I'd happily watch that film anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that. I mean, the last movie I saw in the cinema um, was Tenet during oh uh, during lockdown when the, the the cinemas got to open for a short mm-hmm. while, and I've seen a couple other movies during that time frame. But the last kind of movie i saw before cinemas closed due to the 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 pandemic when things were normal was sonic the hedgehog so oh <laughs> beautiful yeah it's it's it, it's been a weird time i, I can't wait <laughs> for cinemas to be back open mine's actually really closed <laughs> some are open here already yeah. but no i mean mine, mine closed down like oh yeah <laughs> yeah we we had that happen as well with with one of our local cinemas that yeah. was kind of cheaper than the other one yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's disappointing we're getting but, a new uh, one built though, so we're getting we got cineworld closed but we're getting like a i don't know if it's going to be like a chain but 
it, it, it's closer to my bloody house, so that'll do me when that's built. But yeah, anywho, a... anywho, we won't talk about cinemas. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Smite. Um, do you want to talk Prime Matter now, or do you want to throw it in afterwards? Yeah, I think I think we'll 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 get uh, to Prime Matter when we talk about um, Koch Media uh, show in yeah. a little while because this was just almost like a teaser for that yeah. show. We'll, we'll talk about THQ Nordic Embrace the group in a bit. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I, I I think the the next notable game simply for the fact it's it's in Game Pass and it's an Xbox exclusive. Is An- Anacrusis from Stray Bombay, and um, the the four player co op first person shooter where you seem to be taking on waves of of aliens. I mean, you know, ah really, yes, uh, 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 yes. As if we needed more four player co op games where you take on waves of things, but <laughs> nonetheless, well, that'll be a common theme in this podcast. <laughs> there was like twelve. <laughs> that's that's it. They they seem to be the new zombie games, and coincidentally, yeah. a lot of them involve yes. zombies. Um, is this one that you'll check out with your friends, given that it's in Game Pass? Probably depends. <laughs> it depends when uh, Back for Blood and all that else comes out at the same time. Uh, did we get a release date? Let me go to the end of the trailer. Da, 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 da. It helps if I have my screen maximized. I can't remember I having so. a release date. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Although I am yeah. watching on mute. Doesn't look like it. But it, it depending when it comes out, and as you say, if it's, go, it's going straight into Game Pass, I mean, if I've got nothing else on, I don't see why not. It looks fun without being... I was going to say good there, but that's probably harsh. <laughs> it looks entertaining rather than something that you actively, like, wanted. I'm just not digging a hole. Don't listen to this if you're from there. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd play it. Yeah, that's what I'll say. Oh dear. But yeah, it looked it looked all right. But I mean, as we mentioned or hinted at, and um, we'll get to them. But there was like, what? There was that. There was the last thing on the Xbox One, and then there was quarantine. Not what the what was it called? Extraction. Sure. In this very, uh, yeah. to, to skip ahead in a few games, in this very showcase, there was Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, yeah. um, which is another one of these type of <laughs> games, a co-op shooter where you're taking on waves of enemies, um, which seems a very odd game for a Vampire the Masquerade um from from that series, given that they're usually kind of either um kind of um. RPGs or uh, kind of your uh, visual novels type game, so it's it's very weird to have a first person shooter. But uh, yeah, no, certainly a, a popular genre at the at the the minute to, to to say the least. All I can think of is that loads of people just went. There hasn't been a Left for Dead game in ages, and all of them at the same time decided to fill that void, and then they're just all bringing out games at the same time. All, all the while. The developers of Vermintide yes. are saying, "Hey guys, we've been here all along <laughs> doing this. You know, come come look at our game, buy our game. You know, yeah. poor, poor Fat Shark. Although they have a new one themselves coming through. Um, the, mm. the one based on the the Warhammer 40k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's a it, yeah, it just just seems to be an obsession at the moment. It's it's like the new 
Destiny type game yeah. rush, and although that still seems to be we've, going on. We've gone that. from looter shooters to Left for Dead clones. I'm not sure I like that. It's not even a looter shooter. I don't know what the hell you call Destiny or what it is. Um, I mean, there'll be fans of the Dark Pictures anthology, which was the only thing Bandai Namco shown <laughs> later on, so we can get Bandai out the way early. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love Supermassive. Um, I was a big, big fan of Until Dawn, and I've picked up the other two Dark Pictures anthology games um, on the cheap thus far. Haven't gotten into either one yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to them. And I feel like because they're very short games, that I could almost play them one after the other in, in mm. like a week because they, they are uh, shorter games, um, which is nice. That's a, I think that's a nice way to kind of approach horror games. I think it can be a little intense to take on. It'd be a little intense to take on like a twenty to thirty hour horror game. Oh God, no, <laughs> um, no. But this one looks interesting because I mean, you know, it's it's almost unique for a horror game in that like your your soldiers. I mean, that's not something we see usually in a horror game. You know, your your teenage girls, <laughs> a weak person. Yeah, like it. Or like, or at the very most, like a, a police officer with a gun, or like in the Resident Evil games. And and bizarrely, as you go on later, maybe you pick up machine guns, rocket launchers, and stuff. Usually to play and to use on a second playthrough. But generally, you're on the weaker side, um, than maybe the hordes of zombies and other creatures that you're taking on. Whereas this, like, you're a squad of soldiers, and yet you're in a horror setting. So. For me, that's that that's something new. So it's 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 really catching my eye. Yeah, it looks terrifying. I will never play that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> shall we hop back to the Am- the new world by Amazon? And maybe the interesting thing is the fact it's Amazon rather than the game itself, because it kind of looked to be harsh, pretty generic. But it's Amazon, and what is it? They had the, uh, I can't even remember what it was called. They had like a Battle Royale Capture the Flag game come out last year, I think it was. And that kind of bombed a bit. Whereas there's this, and I think there's the other one, what I can't remember the name of. But they seem to be bringing games out somewhat steadily now. But this one didn't really grab my attention at all. Yeah, I mean, I... I know people who play MMOs, given that I play Final Fantasy fourteen, and I know a friend of mine, Barry, is is planning to, I wouldn't say quite abandon Final Fantasy fourteen, but put it to the side to, to play New World when it comes out later this year. Like, he's really hyped for this. Um, I, I haven't seen too much on it myself. I mean, it, it looks like, you know, a solid enough MMO, but at the same time, there's so many MMOs. I mean... In this showcase alone, alone there, there was also obviously um, Lost Ark, which is a, a mm. Diablo-esque MMO developed by Smilegate, but that it's been out in in Asia. But uh, Amazon Games, coincidentally, are bringing it to the West. So uh, I mean, it's a very hard genre to break in. You, you've got World of Warcraft, you've got Final Fantasy fourteen, and then you have everything else. And and it can be difficult to kind of carve out your audience in like there are other I'm not saying those two dominate. There is obviously Elder Scrolls Online, Star Wars: The Old Republic, so on and so forth. But it, it it can be 
it's a difficult genre to to break into. So I mean, I, I think Amazon mm-hmm. and and Double Helix are gonna have to pull really pull something out of the the box to get this. And I mean, I've been looking at like because I couldn't remember the last time Double Helix made a game, and it's been a while. Like I mean, since they were bought by Amazon in 2014, this is what they've been working on. So my knowledge, they've never developed an MMO before. I mean, they, they've developed some good games. They developed Strider, which is a really cool reboot of the, the kind of 2D scrolling um, game from, from back on the Mega Drive. They did the initial season of Killer Instinct um, for Microsoft. They, you know, they, they, they did Silent Hill Homecoming, which mm. to some people was a Silent Hill game that was not great but i personally loved it like it was it's the only silent nail game i've actually finished um so they they definitely have a good pedigree but they don't particularly have a good pedigree with mmos so it'll be really interesting to see how this one's received when it, it launches later in the year yeah it certainly will be interesting i think i think what you're right there i think world of warcraft just kind of dominates it like obviously people will play other ones but even as someone who is basically only a console player, if I was to play an MMO, I mean, on console, it'd probably be Elder Scrolls. But if I wanted to commit to one, it'd just be, boom, World of Warcraft, straight away. So, yeah, it is a, it is a difficult one to break in with. And that, as you mentioned, I mean, if Star Wars um, MMOs can't break the, the, the Stranglehold and Lord of the Rings MMOs, it's going to be tough. It really is going to be tough. Maybe those games are crap. I don't know. I, I barely played. I didn't play the Lord of the Rings one at all. I didn't play much of the uh, the uh, Star Wars Old Republic, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how I mean, it does. It, it just dawned on me that I remember last year one of our favorite picks was Crimson Desert. Yeah, another oh, yes. MMO, and that's that's that due lot. to come out later this year as well. So it's it's really just so much competition mm. for for these games. It'll be interesting to see kind of how the they fare. Thing is, I think if you were targeting a, a proper MMO audience, I think you'd have to get it on console. As long as as long as World of Warcraft is only on PC, there's an untapped market there. Like we have Elder Scrolls and and that Crimson Desert look fucking amazing. Let's be honest, but there is an untapped market there, and I that's I think that's where these big developers should be targeting really yeah i mean i've i've had that that discussion um in the past over league of legends and like why isn't it brought to consoles you can you can use a a keyboard with a a console these days so there'll be so many more players available to them there and it's the same with dota 2 and and of course as you said with world of warcraft but you know i think it just is a testament to how dominant mm. those kind of games are on PC that they just they just don't need the console I think, audience. I think for Riot, for Riot in particular, it probably makes sense to put Valorant on console over uh, thingy. But yeah, it it it, it is it is mad. I mean, I mean, if they just wanted free money like Blizzard, just put World of Warcraft on console. You'll get so much more big market, but it is it's it's a tough one to balance a, a proper computer game on console. Plus, you're gonna need like a million keys. Um, 
But anywho, maybe that's maybe that's an episode in the future. Um, what's next for me? I would say Overwatch too, but what they presented was fucking painful. <laughs> oh Christ! Do I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was obviously the controversy when they announced that it would be cut down to five v five rather than six v six of the original, Ugh. and then they seem to send this guy out to die to, <laughs> to try and explain why five v five is 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 better for the game. We can't be as balanced as it. <laughs> then we saw some skins, and and that was pretty much it. I mean. Uh, again, similar to Call of Duty, I don't know why they were there. You know, it's disappointing that they're cutting down to 5v5, but I'm still going to play it. I just want to play it. So just just get the game out there and, and let me play it. Just fucking I mean, disappoint that, me already. <laughs> that, that's all I, I can say to, to Blizzard on that one. Yeah, it was painful. Um, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance. This one, I think this is going straight in Game Pass. So it I'll, is. Yeah, so I'll be checking this out. And it looked quite interesting, like a dungeon crawler, not quite Diablo-ish, maybe slightly different of that. I mean, the wars, oh, I can't remember what it was there. Warhammer Chaos Bane, it kind of looks similar to that, which I played a few months ago. So I'll, this is probably one that I wouldn't pay money for, but the fact it's going in Game Pass, I'll probably play it. It's one of them that you just pick up with your mates, I think. So I can report back on that one when it comes out. Um, anything? Yeah. Um, just just to, to mm-hmm. touch on on D and D Dark Alliance, I'll I'll be certainly playing that with my friends. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the the Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance mm. series in the past, um, which is obviously based on the same materials. Um, now Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance was more Diablo esque, as you said. This is a little bit different to that. This seems to be more Diablo meets, you know, kind of your your more uh, the Witcher three kind of style mm. type uh, action RPG. Um, but it, it it's it's interesting. It doesn't look as polished as I as I might like. So I have mm-hmm. some concerns over it. Um, but I'm I'm certainly gonna gonna play this one for for sure, and it being a game pass is is just a bonus. Um, one game I want to touch on that we we skipped over in the list there is because yep. I alluded to it earlier was Sky Children of the Light from that game company, of course, the developers of Journey. I mean, this game's been out for a couple of years on phones, but because of that reason, I'd basically ignored it. But it's finally Good. coming to, to consoles with a release on Switch on June 29th, which is probably like the ideal platform for this type of game. So I'll be definitely picking that one up. And I, I think it's it's funny how this game was almost ignored, given that Journey was like one of the, the darlings of of, uh, uh, of the last generation. Um, well, the previous generation, technically, because it was on PS3 first. Uh, so I wonder if now with this launching on Switch, if it'll suddenly shine a light on it as as if it's a, a brand new game. This looks very much like a Carl game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the trailer doesn't help. So, you know, I'm watching it on mute and it keeps cutting to a bloke's face. But yeah, it does look uh, uh, adventure-y. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, so it looks like a Switch game. And everyone needs a reason to use a switch. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we have some later on. Um, do 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 do. What have we got? In, do we really want to talk about Far Cry? 
No, we're, we'll no. be. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. It came up in three separate <laughs> showcases. So I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking uh, about yeah. it uh, during Ubisoft. Um, well, I don't necessarily want to talk about this game, but I just want to put how is Paladin still going? You know, it's, it's just I amazes don't know. me. I mean, I, I love how high res studios just take multiplayer games that are popular and copy them. And it worked uh, with con- Smite. Why not? <laughs> controversially, I actually prefer their their. I can't remember what it's called, but whatever their version of Fortnite is called, simply because it doesn't have building in it, and I hate building in <laughs> Fortnite. I don't understand it. To be fair, but yeah, no, are you, is it Rogue Company you're thinking of? I think so. Yeah, I like um, Rogue Company. But you know, like I mean, I enjoyed Paladins. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, it's just <laughs> a, a, an Overwatch ripoff. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It um, is. They love it. I suppose it being free to play is 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 probably what what, what keeps it keeps it around. But uh, yeah, good luck to them and their crossover with an obscure Rooster Teeth anime that I've never heard of. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, any which one pick tickles your fancy next? Um do um so kinda of after that we had a lot of kinda of existing games just with updates and your Fall Guys or Genshin Impact. Um oh uh, of course the the creation of deviation games. So two of mm. the, the kind of high ups from Treyarch left to to form this studio and they're partnering with Sony for their Definitely first game which be an exclusive. <laughs> I mean did this just gave me vibes of can you fill in there guy on, on what studio I'm thinking of? Oh um oh god my mind. No, I can't. Respawn. Uh so obviously yes. Respawn were former Infinity Ward and obviously, this is former Treyarch, so I think it's kind of a, a similar breakaway in a way. And I, you know, obviously, it's a big ask to be as successful as Respawn. I mean, Respawn have, I mean, they've just made hits: Titanfall, Apex Legends, Star Wars. Like, they, they, it's just all top-notch stuff. But if they can even be a fraction of the success of Respawn, it they'll certainly be one to watch. As long as well, no, it's play. It's PlayStation exclusive. I don't care. <laughs> get <in> the <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's a good get for uh, for Sony. Because as you say, if it is anything like Respawn, it's just an easy W. Um, do, do, do Back for Blood again. <laughs> it's on everything. <laughs> um, Tunic. I mean, we've talked about this in the past, but I think the thing to talk about here is that you can play it on demo. I'm not sure if it's on computer as well, but you certainly can on Xbox because I've downloaded it and I will play it later today. Um, but it's, it seems to be getting closer to it being released, the little foxy Zelda bastard. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this one so many times because it's popped up in so many different Xbox events and it's always been kind of towards the top of both of our lists for, for indie games. And yet it's, it's never came. And I, I guess that's because it's been worked on by one person. And so, you know, can't blame him. I'm, I'm sure he has, has a day job and all these other things to, to do in his life. 
Um, but it's good that it seems close. Um, I mean, I was watching, we'll, we'll obviously won't be mentioning it again, so we, it was covered during the IGN Expo, and um, they had played, the obviously, the demo and went through it, and uh, as they said, they, they get the, the vibe that, that it's finally almost here like it's you know <laughs> 2021 could be the year where tunic finally launches um which is positive i mean i, I missed the last demo so um i'm definitely going to give this one a try because i'm a, a big fan of these kind of isometric zelda-esque games i love the old zeldas i mean the uh, link's awakening on the the game boy is still my favorite and we'll, we'll be talking about that again when we come to uh to, <laughs> to nintendo but i mean the, this game just look ex- excellent so i'm happy that it's hopefully almost here and no, i don't want to jinx, don't it. jinx it him to suddenly announce it's 2023 or something crazy but but uh hopefully not because it that game does look excellent absolutely um tribes of midgard did we talk about that last week that seems to have been on like three things i'm sure we talked about it last week <laughs> we we may well have done it i can't remember if it was in the the gorilla collective off the, the top of my head but i know it's it's uh it's in gearbox um so uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll touch on it then as much as there is to, yeah. to touch on um i mean but but speaking of our, our what we love back back for blood games i mean evil dead the game yeah. initially i thought this was kind of going to be like friday the 13th but now it seems like it's going to be like another another left for dead clone i mean can we ever have enough <laughs> left for dead clones figures I still ho- I still have hope it's like Friday the 13th, because albeit it wasn't successful, and now the servers are dead. I love that game. <laughs> so did I. That, I, I loved mean, it. Playing that game with my my friends when it came on, on PS Plus has to be one of the funnest nights of gaming exactly. we've ever had. I mean, we, we were... Like, I find it hard to play games beyond maybe kind of 1am these days. It's not like my teenage years when I could play it 4 or 5 in the morning. But we were literally, like, pissing ourselves laughing at like 3 a.m playing this game like it's just it is hilarious like it's 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 so it's a jank fest but you can't help but laugh and have fun while playing it so i'd love another game like that that's that's so bad you've got got predator hunting ground i think it's not the same i suppose but same people so you yeah it's got vibes of it yeah but yeah, I mean, if it if it is any way similar to Friday the Thirteenth, I'll be on it. <laughs> um, well, the big one, and this is maybe where I get lose followers. Elden Ring. I was not impressed. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I, I was, and I wasn't. I mean, for me, I, I'm not kind of uh, obsessed with with visuals. You know, for me, gameplay and and story come before visuals. So, I don't think it was as striking to me. But at the same time, I could see what what people were talking about. I mean, if you put it side by side with with Demon Souls, which was a remake of another From Software game made by Bluepoint, and Demon Souls looks like the Mm. better game visually. And that's, you know... That that's not we're not quite getting to the level here of you know if we look at the Witcher three and and Fallout four and people were like um, you know uh, Bethesda have been out Bethesda 
because for all we know that you know Elden Ring could have excellent gameplay and yeah. a great story obviously with with uh, railroad working on it there and you know it, it could completely blow us away and the visuals could just be an afterthought and i'm not saying like we're not saying this game looks like uh, xbox 360 level it, it's not quite like halo infinite i, I don't think it's that much of a, a dip from our expectations did we get a zoom but, in of anyone's face though that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually we might see some freeze frames on digital foundry in a, in a few days and, and and find something uh something quite horrifying but no like it it, it is surprising though I, I would have expected for their first foray onto next gen for from software to do something different this almost feels like from software for building this game for like the previous gen and then just it got delayed and then they decided to put it on PS5 and mm-hmm. an Xbox series rather than it being made from the ground up for next gen, which is what Demon Souls obviously would have been given that yeah. it's a first party game. So we can, we can, we can excuse it in a, in a way. I think it's probably in some ways, as I said, I don't want to quite compare it to, to Fallout 4 because I think there was other things that disappointed people with Fallout 4 other than just the visuals mm. but I think it's similar in that I think Fallout 4 was, was made in a vacuum you know they weren't really thinking of next gen mm-hmm. and I'm sure, I'd am i hope we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about Bethesda soon obviously I'll hope they learn from that and, and we'll yeah. talk about their next game but I, I, I just I get that similar vibe I, I feel maybe Elden Ring was, was made in a vacuum yeah, it certainly looks like... I mean, I'm watching it in the background now. There's bits and bobs of gameplay, obviously, in the background. I mean, I'm not one who's played a lot of, of Souls-like games. I'm not Bloodborne. Uh, it's meant to be fantastic and stuff like one of the best exclusives. But it, not only this gameplay looks special, but sometimes you can't really understand the gameplay till you've played it. But it, yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't look worth the hype. Is pretty much the point I'm trying to get at. Like for a game that literally showed nothing e e three three years ago to get this hype because it was connected to George R R Martin and uh, from Software, who are obviously the best at this type of game. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't look like it's worthy of the hype. Like if they announced Bloodborne two, it'd probably be better than this. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting with From Software because I, I don't think, for the most part, their games have, have been top tier and, and have that rep. Obviously, um, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3, um, Blood, Bloodborne, and, and Sekiro. But you'll notice I skipped over Dark Souls 2 then, and that was because <laughs> that was a, kind of a, a misstep. And I, I think, given the reaction to this trailer, um, I think maybe there's a little bit of doubt slipping into some people's fans and they're thinking, could Elden Ring be another misstep? But I, I think it's just too early to say, given that we'd just completely be going on, on the visuals alone. Um, it, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what people's reactions are when it when it launches next year. And obviously we don't have too long to wait in the grand scheme of thing. I mean, it's out on January 22nd, which is uh, seems sooner than a lot of the games we're probably going to discuss today. Yeah, they're, they're just trying to keep with the 2022 vibe, but 
not really, because <laughs> everything else was 2022. Uh, but yeah, I think, I don't know, from the re maybe it's because they're just consumed by the media and stuff like that. Christ, I sound like a right wing villain there. Um, but yeah, for going off like the media reaction and stuff like that, they were like, oh my god, it's an Elden Ring. Yeah, it's like, when I sat there and watched it, and I knew it was coming because Twitter exists, and I watched it like an hour later than everyone else. When I watched the reveal, I was just like, this looks like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> like, this looks like Dark Souls 3. And that, well, that must be three, four, five year old now. So, yeah, it's. Uh, maybe it gets a level of polish in the months to come or whatever, but these big hyped games, most of them have flopped, really. What, Cyberpunk flopped? RDR 2 was a success, but the bigger the hype, the more flop worthy it seems to be becoming. So yeah, that'd be a if I was a big Elden Ring fan, maybe you like me way to defend Cyberpunk to the hill. But yeah, it's um, it will be interesting to see see how that develops. Would, I mean, probably the last question: Would you be surprised if it gets delayed? Because January is a weird weird time. No, I mean, uh, they went away for a couple of years and, and were very quiet. And obviously there was concerns of, you know, was the game in developmental hell or, or something like that. So I think now that they've they've come back and they've committed to January 22nd, uh, I think we will see it on January 22nd. I, I'd be surprised if there's any further delays. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think if, with it being go so quiet for so long, I think, yeah, if they've delayed it, Kick up a big old stink. Um, anything to add from Summer Game Fest before I move on to Cock Media? Well, whatever the hell of other names we can make up for it. Um, no, I mean, as we said on the, the front end, it was a, a solid start to, to E3. Um, I mean, aside from the awkward advert for Amazon Prime Gaming, I, I think it was, it was good. Um, there, there was some some decent game reveals. We we got to see some some more of some games we were already looking forward to, i.e. Tunic. Um, so you know, I I think you know, fair play to to Jeff Keighley and what he's done here with with Summer Game Fest. I, I think this was a better format than last year. Obviously, they had like kind yeah. of the mini events each day, like when Tony Hawk's and stuff were were unveiled. And I, I just, I just prefer having, you know, kind of an hour, an hour and a half yeah. show rather than little 10, 20 minute segments through, throughout the week. Or a four hour thing that you watch before a podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, right. Let's move on to Cock Media then or Embrace Prime the Group Matter. or Prime Matter or THQ Nordic or Deep Silver or Confusion. Um, yeah. I'm. What they've shown was pretty good, especially the ones you've highlighted. But, Christ, the, the confusion. Yeah. yeah, so obviously during Summer Game Fest, uh, Koch Media revealed their new Prime gaming label, Prime Matter, uh, or sorry, premium rather, gaming label, you know, have, have Prime on the mind. Um which will be handling the the publishing of of certain games from within the Embracer Group family and also from external partners. Um, 
but it's it's very odd, you know, in that, for example, they unveiled there's going to be a new painkiller title, which is being developed by Saber Interactive, which is another body within the Embracer group who themselves both develop and publish games. So I'm just not sure why Saber Interactive aren't publishing Painkiller themselves. There's also Kingdom Come Deliverance from Warhorse Studios. Warhorse Studios is currently under Deep Silver, which is another publishing company under Koch Media. But for some reason, Prime Matter will be publishing the Switch release of that game. I, I, I don't really get it, but, you know... It's Embracer Group. They're they're the crazy European cousin of the gaming industry. <laughs> they 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 do some weird things. They buy everyone. They they make as many games as possible. You know, keep keep doing you, Embracer Group. That really is. <laughs> it really is. They're just weird. They're real weird. Um, I mean, before we get on to the ones you highlighted, Payday Three. They didn't show anything. Really did though. No, I mean, and I think it it is uh, it, it makes sense given that this game isn't due out till twenty twenty three. I mean, this game was first unveiled in twenty seventeen. You know, payday games aren't big games. Yeah, so it's, it's really bizarre that this is taking so long. But at the same time, obviously there was a lot of legal troubles for Starbreeze Studios. Remember, they tried to expand out and they, they bought some IP and things and everything kind of fell through. And I think in a way, they they were kind of lucky to get picked up by Embracer um, to, to get partnered with them because it, it seemed at one point like Starbreeze Studios was going to be gone. So I guess that's probably why the game is taking so long. Um, I mean, is Payday a, a series that you have much experience with of when you played a, a little bit of it? I played a little bit of two, but it does have a lot of potential. If Payday 2 had a bit more polish and stability, I think it could be a hit. But I was kind of late coming to it, because it was somewhat of a hit. And then when I got around to playing it, it was like there was loads of events and stuff like that, and... I don't know, a bit a bit more polish and probably a bit more backing from... I'm just going to call them the Embracer Group, fuck it. <laughs> um, the Embracer Group. Um, I, I see a lot of potential in that. Because I think we... Well, we'll discuss it when we get to the Xbox one, but the heist genre might be the next one in in this Left 4 Dead circus now. Um and we've obviously got the GTA heists. We've got that game that we'll talk about on Xbox as one. Payday is kind of not the indie one, but it's kind of the one that not. I can't remember. GTA has been out that while. I don't know when the hell Payday starts, but Payday is probably the start of that. So I could see that kind of being an interesting genre of games. So yeah, I, I quite like Payday, but twenty twenty three is a long ass time away. Um, let's get into the three ones you've mentioned then. I think. We'll we'll start with Echoes of the End because that's the one we li- literally only have screenshots for. I mean, we it looks impressive, but yeah, we've only got really screenshots to talk about. I think there is a YouTube developer chat and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. So 
I mean, I, I came across this because obviously I watched the, the, the showcase, but obviously it was just a, a, de- a developer interview for this because, I mean, Echoes at the End is only a working title at the, the moment. Um, so we don't even know if that'll be the final title, although I, I quite like the title. Um, but it was just a, a, a developer interview. So I, I was kind of looking into these games, see if there is anything more on them out there, any more information. And I came across a, an article that was kind of highlighting their favorite picks from this showcase and they they picked this out and they'd seen the game the journalists had seen the game behind closed doors and said like it was it was right. beautiful it was probably the most striking of of them all and it, it's not surprising given that it's it's on unreal 5 so you know we're not we haven't seen a ton of games on unreal 5 yet but what we have seen looks really striking visually um and did this game you know, you know, we're basing it completely on visuals, but but based on on what we have seen, it, it, it's beautiful. So I, I certainly looking forward to seeing more of this, but it could be a ways away, given that it's it's just a working title at the moment. Project Echoes of the End is a narrative game of a world inspired by Iceland. That's that's what we'll go with because I think I've found the article. It's by PC Invasion, um, but yeah, the screenshot looks great. The as you mentioned, everything Unreal 5 so far has looked fucking phenomenal. Um, so yeah, this will be one to keep an eye on whether it changes name or whatever, but yeah. Um, and the other two, um, we'll do Encased first, because that's a bit different. Is Unless I've got a mix. Is this the top-down wasteland? Fallout, Fallout game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to say like the follow type games are are rare because I think isometric PC RPGs have, have really made a, a bounce back in in the last five or so years. Um, but I mean, this seems very Fallout inspired, and particularly seems to focus on the 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 shelter side of of Fallout. Um, it, it seems to be there's kind of groups within these these uh communities and you know you you can choose which one you want to be a part of you know you're kind of choosing a, a role to play um it, it just looks really you know while, while it seems very fallout inspired it, it at the same time it seems unique um so it just seemed to stand out to me and obviously in a showcase in which 90% of it was developer interviews at least we got to see a nice trailer and, and some gameplay here yeah, absolutely. I think this is one I'd this is one I'd probably play as long as it's got multiplayer. I'd play with a mate or something like that. Um, Scars Above was probably the main one to look at. I, Alien World. It's almost survivalish type game. Maybe not type game, but it it looked dark. It looked gritty. It looked interesting. Yeah, I mean, Prime Matter is supposed to be a premium games label. But obviously, given what we saw of the things we saw, you know, of of these games so far, I'm not sure I'd call many of them premium mm. titles. But I think that the two games that that probably do fit that that description are probably Echoes of the End, based on solely on the screenshots, and Scars Above. I mean, Scars Above, it just it seemed completely out of place here, and it like it was about six, seven minutes of gameplay in amongst a load of developer interviews. It's it 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 just 
it caught me by surprise but in in a pleasant way because th- this game really got my interest and i think I, possibly above them all that this would be one i'd i'd certainly check out i mean it's it's like a sci-fi action adventure game looks really good visually seems to have metroidvania aspects to it and that you seem to kind of get weapon upgrades that then allow you to access different areas so it could be some kind of backtracking to 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 go through different i mean it's a really intriguing game what what were your thoughts on this one it it look it looks pretty cool i mean did they give any info on a release there or anything like that no uh and i did some googling afterwards and i I couldn't find anything hmm but it it looks far along yeah that that was the point i was going to make it looks not ready because we, well, we've been we've been duped by that before, <laughs> but um, yeah, it looks it looks really good, man. I mean, the character walking around plays a female character, and then I think he seems like you crashed crash landed on a planet or something like that, and then these fucking big, I was gonna call lizard monsters, but probably not, just fucking alien monster things that when you find a gun fight, they blow up and spit out venom and stuff like it. They look cool and looks like it's got some sort of puzzles in it as well. Or certainly hinted at that. So again, this is just that and Echoes of the End, it certainly wants to keep an eye on. And when people were saying the Cops Media thing was just was just developer info, I didn't watch um I didn't watch because why would I watch developer interviews on games that I have no interest in? But then you t- you told me about scars above or you sent me this list before and I checked it out it does look really good and I hazard a guess at 2022 because why would you announce a, a new publisher and then sure it was like a good what eight minutes of gameplay or whatever it was and it must be this must be their first big game you'd think yeah um uh, I, I think obviously some some of the games are kind of quite quite far along. Um, I think like King's Bounty Two is coming out on August twenty fourth, and there was another one I think that'll be out before. I think uh, Encased actually is out of this year as well. But I I think as I said, of the the games that really stood out, uh, you know, would would have been those two, and. Uh, Scars Above seems like it'll, it'll be the next one. I mean, they, as I said earlier, they, they did talk about Painkiller. That'll obviously be a big one for them. And The Chant sounded like an interesting game. So again, a working title. That's apparently out in 2022. So they could be tri- more AAA-esque titles as well. But I think of the ones that I, I would see kind of getting that, that moniker of AAA, it, it did seem like Scars Above would, would probably be the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we we've got the IGN Expo, but we're kind of going to mix in all the secondary shows. So we're, later on, we're going to focus on Xbox and and Square and and Nintendo and and, and Ubisoft. Um, but on this one, we're going to try and pick out some, what we did with the Gorilla Collective the other day on on last week's show. We're going to pick out some some uh, games that we we thought were interesting. And do you want to start us off, Cal? Yeah, so my first pick from the IGN Expo was Doki Doku 
Doki Doki Literature Club Plus from Team Salvado. Now, this is a game that initially Doki Doki Liter- Literature Club, why can I, I struggle with that, that one word, um, <laughs> came out, I think, back in 2017. Um, it's, you know, on, on the, the, on the surface of it, it looks like, you know, you're kind of anime-esque dating sim. <laughs> dating sim. But this game is supposed to be really disturbing. Like it's, there's, there's some weird shit going on in this game. And, you know, it's, it's almost ends up being like a, a mystery to solve. Um, it's been on my radar for a while, but because it wasn't on consoles, I, I never really got around to, to checking it out. So I, I knew that earlier in the year they announced they were going to be adding more to the, like kind of a, a an expansion almost to the game, some extra content, but that the developer stressed it, it wouldn't be a, cause it's, it's basically a sole developer. It wouldn't be a, a sequel. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised when they announced it was coming to, um, consoles and it's getting a physical release, which I like. So, um, I'm going to get that, that pre-ordered soon. Um, just need to decide if I want it on PS5 or switch or both. Um, but yeah, no, this, this is, this is a game I've been meaning to check out for years. So I'm, I'm so glad it's coming to a, a platform that's, that's more accessible to me. So I'll be definitely checking this one out. How about you? Uh, my first one is, I believe it's pronounced Coromon. I, heads up. I do not know what any of my things shows are from. I tried. I got lazy. But I just ended up looking at trailers where Carl looked at each individual show. But I looked at trailers because I'm lazy. So this was on at some point in this week. It's called Coromon. I've described it as Aldi Pokemon. So there you go. That's all you need to know. But it is basically a like that art style, old style Pokemon game. Like if you're sick of the boring 3D shit, Sword and Shield, this looks like the game for you. I think it's been delayed a couple times, but what? from when I was looking at a YouTube and stuff like that. So it hopefully ready soon, but it look it looks interesting. And if you're a Pokemon fan, you'll play this. It's a, it's a knockoff Pokemon game, but it's a knockoff old Pokemon game. When Pokemon games were good. So there you go. Yeah, I think that might have been in one of the... There's, there's few shows I, I didn't manage to watch, but I, I don't remember coming across that, so I'm guessing that must have been in one of the ones that I, I, I didn't manage to squeeze in. Um, but I, I like the sound of Aldi Pokemon, strangely enough, so I'll have, I'll have to check that one out. Aldi's great, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, dear. Sorry. Um, what's your next one? Because we do have a few we get through, don't we? Bramble the Mountain King from Tim Frost Studio. This is also Disturbing shown off by Jen. This, this, yeah, that, that's a way to describe it. I mean, you, you got this little kid in the trailer and it's showing little happy memories of him looking at his toys and, you know, following his mother around and things. But after each one, it seems to cut away to him violently stabbing someone or something in, in the back with a sword and blood spattering over his face. And as it goes on, we, we see the kid kind of adventuring through this, this weird world with all these weird creatures. I mean, it's a 2D adventure game with a really striking art style. And we know kind of from listening to me on the show that I, striking art styles are always one way to catch my eyes. So, um, I, I think the stabby stab definitely had a, a lot to do with it catching, catching my interest, but 
I mean, the, this game is striking in, in more ways than one, so I'll be certainly checking it out when it launches in 2022. It looked fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it looked proper fucked up. Um, my next one is, and I will butcher the pronunciation, Naraka Blade Point um, Battle Royale Magic Samurai type game. I mean, the Battle Royale thing is really oversaturized, as we point out, like, um, but this looked like an interesting take on it. It was more melee, um, ability, magic-y type fireball shit. Um, so it, if you, if you're into battle royale, but you're kind of sick of just shooting shit, this might be an interesting difference, really. So yeah, that, that kind of, um, caught my, I'm not even sure if it was coming to console. I'll Google it whilst you're talking about the next one, which... If you've seen that, like, when you get on your next one, people, go on YouTube and search his next, on Carl's next game and look at the first joke. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so, my next one is Skatebird from Glass Bottom Games. Um, it was also at the IGN Expo. Um, now, this game was actually shown off a of last E3, and I think we talked about it then because I, I was a fan of it then too. And we, we seemed to have a little trend of. Uh, of uh, skateboarding games last E3, although there was a few um, this year as well. I think Ollie Ollie World was also shown off during this very showcase. Um, but it's got a release date now of August 12th. It's just around the corner. I mean, the, this this game is heavily Tony Hawk's Pro Skater inspired, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, you're you're playing as birds, um, and there's a lot of references to other video games for for example there's a character in it that uh looks like um Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell and he has like the little visor on and and everything and there's other other characters that are references to other video games so it's just a nice little cute funny skateboarding game so i, I i'm all on board 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And the joke was the better be a playable character called Tony Hawk. So, you know, the better be. <laughs> the better be. Uh, my next one, and this is really just a cutesy one, and this was me panicking trying to find games to talk about, uh, called Gigabash. I called it a kaiju party game. It was like, almost like it reminded me of a throwback game. I played this, oh, it must have been played, must, must have been PS2 or original Xbox. It's like, um, uh, a Godzilla game. So, back then it was Godzilla um, you could play as Ghidorah and Mothra and, and Mechagodzilla and stuff like that. But this new one, um, Gigabash, it, it looked like that without the licensing. <laughs> but it, it it did look fun. Um, probably a cheapish game, but it did look it did look something that if you find it on the cheap, it might be fun to play with your kids or something like that. So yeah, it did look fun to me. Yeah, be sure to to check that one out. Um, my next game was Steel Rising from Spiders. So I would safely assume it's going to be an RPG because all of Spiders games are third-person RPGs. Now, Spiders is a an interesting studio um, in that like not all their games are great, um, <laughs> to say the least, but they they seem to improve game by game. They did I mean, make Greedfall. They did, which ah. was their, their most recent game. And Greedfall is obviously has a great reputation. People are big fans of Greedfall. Um I've I've been meaning to, to get into it. Um but I, I mean they I I think their first game I ever played was Fairy Legends of Avalon back on the Xbox. I think it was free on the Xbox at some point, hence why I played it, which is a weird kind of ORPG. And they went on from then to, to develop of, of Orcs and Men, which I also played at, at some point. Um, but more recently, I tried playing Bound by Flame, which I picked in, picked up in a PSN sale, and I didn't really like it. You know, I, I thought it had some nice ideas, but it was a real bare bones action RPG, and I, I'd played many games of of that genre that just did things much better but I, I gather as i said from that point they went on to the technomancer which i also picked up in in said psn sale which is supposed to be a lot better and then that was followed up by greedfall which took even further steps they they just seem to improve with each game like they, they're learning they're getting better so with that in mind, I'm I'm very intrigued as to, to kind of where Steel Rising will will fall. Like, will it will it be another step up from Greedfall? Will it be a step back? So I'm just really intrigued by that one. That makes me more interesting because when I watched the trailer, I was like, "There's not really much here, but spiders." And I did inf- I did enjoy. Excuse me, I, I did enjoy Greedfall. I need to go finish. It. I might actually restart that. 
Mm, Mass Effect. After Mass Effect, I may go restart. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that makes it more interesting to me. Uh, my next game is, and oh, my phone is closed. Uh, Instinction. Uh, it looked like a dinosaur. I I was gonna say a survival game, but now that I'm more think about it, it looks like a horrorish game. Um, dinosaurs horror. It's like Jurassic Park as a nightmare. It looked kind of cool. And I'm all for dinosaur games. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd check this one out. I'd, again, I don't know what showcase it was on, but just search Instinction. Um, it looked interesting. I, I believe it opened the future game show. Huh? Um, it, it Bizarrely, that game just kind of made me disappointed because I was like, why aren't we getting Dino Crisis? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That, that that's what I want. I, I don't want a game inspired by Dino <laughs> Crisis. I just want Capcom to get to take a break from making Resident Evil and leaking all their employees' data, and give us Dino Crisis. I mean, that, that, that's all we want, Capcom. Um, but yeah, no. That, in, in all seriousness, that that game certainly caught who, my eye as well. Who makes Two Rock? Would you a Two Rock? Who uh, I don't recall off the top of my head. Developers, Night Dive Studios, Acclaim Studios, and more. Oh, yeah, I think Acclaim obviously made it back in the day. Um, so I think um, Night Rock um, made the two, re- the two recent ports uh, for, the, for the Switch. We'll never get the two rock in. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, uh, your next game. So, moving on to the Guerrilla Collective Day 2, my first game is Arietta of Spirits from 3rd Spirit Games. Uh, it's coming out later this summer. It's a Zelda-esque isometric action RPG, so it's it, it's very much a Zelda clone, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I've played a lot of Zelda clones lately. I've, I've gotten quite a, a buzz of playing them. I think them. we just picked up Tunic, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I love a... a, a a clone of the the old Zeldas, and this is exactly what this is. So, um, I'll certainly be checking out this one. And it looks a particularly well polished Zelda clone, so that's all the oh, better. I'd play this. I'm looking now. I'd play this. Even though I've never played a Zelda, maybe I like Zelda clones over Zelda games. Who knows? <laughs> oh, dears. I'm gonna skip one because War Tales is kind of a look down, um, similar to that. Embracer Group game we talked about. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Encased. It looked similar to Encased because we talked about that. I'm going to skip it and I'm going to go on to my favourite news of the week. Is a boxing game. And I've only labelled it a boxing game, but I believe it's called Esport Boxing. Esports Boxing Club, I believe. It's a crap title, but we've got a boxing game, Carl. I don't know if you ever played Fight Night back in the day, but it was long overdue, and it looks fucking shit, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, the, this this was also on, on my list, um, because I it was funny, because I I, um, I recall at the, the, the start of the IGN Expo, there was a, a, a boxing game uh, that seems to be based on, on Creed, the movie's Creed, and it has a mm. Creed, and... and Rocky and the likes in it, and it's a very arcadey boxing game, and it it really made me when watching that at the time, it really made me think, oh my god, like you know we we why can't we get a real 
boxing game. You know, where's Fight Night gone? Because I used to love the Fight Night games in, in back in the day. So when I was watching the the Future Game Show and Esports Boxing Club was shown off, it, it just uh, it was literally one of those moments of this is exactly what I was looking for. I mean, obviously EA aren't going to do it, so why shouldn't someone else do it instead? And and who knows, maybe they'll even do a better job. I mean, the roster they they have, the the fact that that they've got the women's roster in there, the the fact that I could play as Katie Taylor, that's that's really exciting for an Irish person. They've even got some some UFC fighters going to be kind of guesting in the game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you can play as Logan and Jake Paul in this game. I don't know oh, why God, you'd want to. Well, you'd want, you'd want to fight them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to knock, knock seven shades out of them. So um, this game looks like it might give, give us the chance to, to do that. So, And it doesn't look like it's too far away. I think it's going into early access in early 2021 and then yeah. coming to, to to consoles at a later stage. So I'm I'm excited for this one. And I'm glad you brought it up because it was... It was actually one of my picks, so um, it saves me bringing that one up again. We have, we have just been starved of uh, of boxing games. I mean, what was I think it was Fight Night Champion. That was when David Hay was on the cover, so that kind of sums up how far away that is. Just, I still have that game. <laughs> I have, yeah, I've got it on my Xbox as well. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get... I think they've got some of the biggest names. I think they've got uh, Canelo and stuff like that, but... I'm just trying to check now if they've got like Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury on there, but it'll be interesting. Mayweather. Oh, that'll be good. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting if they've got Eddie Hall. <laughs> I know he's a boxer, but they've got Eddie Hall, so why not? But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can um, get a full roster of all the biggest names. But yeah, it looks like they've got quite a lot, so fair dues to them. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I really am. Um, what's your next one? Kitsune Tales from Kitsune Games, which is coming out early next year. Um, and it was previously announced, but they announced that it's also coming to Switch, which is a really good fit, considering this game is very much a Mario clone. It's 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 as much a Mario clone as Gianna Sisters is a Mario clone. Um, but, I mean, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing, as, as I've said before. Um, you know, it's it's it, imitation is often the greatest form of flattery, and it it looks like it's it's not it's not trying to hide that imitation, but it, it's it looks like it's imitating things well. Um, so for for that reason, uh, I'm really intrigued by this. I, I like playing an old Mario type game. You know, a game that's not not very long. That you can kind of get through. I'm I'm kind of crap at them these days, to be honest. 2D platformers, but nonetheless, I like to to give them a try. So this would be definitely one I'll be checking out. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. Uh, my next one is Aragami Two. Uh, I described it as Ninja Assassin's Creed Ninja Gaiden type thing. It looked interesting. I'm not normally one for stealthy type games, but it, it did look quite. Interesting when I was looking through the trailers because when you're trying to look through a lot of trailers, I'm almost looking at like the preview thing <laughs> to catch my eye. Uh, and this one certainly did look it looked like a nice art style. And if you're into your sneaky type games and missing Ninja Gaiden or something like that, it, it looked good. 
I have a copy of the first origami somewhere in my room that I, I picked up um, on the cheap um, when I was perusing a sale at some point, but I never got around to playing it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I bought the first one for a reason that the series does appeal to me. So obviously it's it's interesting that there there is a a sequel. And if I ever get around to finding my copy of the first game and playing it, maybe I'll check this one out too. Um. <laughs> My next game is The Light of the Darkness by Quattromundo. It's a Metroidvania with a winged protagonist. Yeah. Um, so that the wings seem to, to play a part in, in the gameplay. Um, it's said to be inspired by Castlevania, but also Legacy of Kane in terms of its, some of its story elements. It looks to be like a very large, ambitious Metroidvania world. And they're taking advantage, obviously, of modern hardware have kind of instantly loading areas so you can kind of transition around the the metroidvania world um at will which is is really cool for for because for those kind of games in back in the day there could be kind of loading across screens and it, it could it could be distracting so it's nice that this will be seamless and i mean great inspirations so uh, i'm really intrigued by this one and and it it looks beautiful in terms of its art direction so Mm. um i'll be certainly checking this one out as well what's your next one yeah that one certainly did look interesting my next one is forgotten city uh it was the one that was set in that gauge of rome and it was something turning people to gold and you were there to investigate and it looked looked quite interesting i think I think this one was at the IGN Expo. It was certainly earlier in the week. Um or the event I should say. But yeah, it looks it looks quite interesting. It looks like it could also have some horror vibes, could have some replayability vibes. It just looked quite good to me. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because I almost included it as one of my picks. Um I just thought it, I just, I love the setting of Ancient Rome for for starters. Um, but I mean, it, it kind of had Indiana Jones vibes to it at mm. some parts of the trailer when you were like running around away from a giant boulder. Um, and I, I liked it was kind of like a, a funny part where one of the characters was, was asking how the, the guy seemed to to be, to know what was going to happen. And when he said he was from the future, they, of course, didn't believe him. So um, it, it's... It, it it does look like a really cool game, so I, I'd be interesting in in seeing more of that one and when it eventually comes out. And when was that one due out? I can't remember. Let's give me a sec. Do do do. Elevator music. Forgotten City. I the Forgotten City. Uh. Whilst I'm Googling this, my next one was, uh, and this is my last one, that's why I, instead of going to you, Road 96 that we've seen, uh, I think we've seen it at a couple of events. It's the uh, procedurally generated hitchhiking type game, where you're trying to get to the Canadian border or something like that. And it looks quite good. Uh, yeah, that certainly rings a bell from, from last year's E3. What was it called again? Uh, is it like hot? Like, Road ninety six. Road ninety six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was because I think that was that X. Was that an Xbox last year? Um, I think it was. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Forgotten City's coming in July twenty twenty one. Oh, so not quite too close. Far, right? Um, yeah, no, 
Row 96 certainly stuck out to me in the Xbox. And I think I, I was thinking about that while watching the Xbox thing. I was wondering if it would pop up again when they started to show some of the, the indie titles. Um, so, again, this must have been in one of the showcases um, that I missed. But I, I'm glad it popped up again because it, it certainly looks like a an, an intriguing one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I won't. I'll Google this one in the background, but it's one I'm really looking forward to actually. Because I, yeah, I think every year you need that indie game, don't you? You just do. And this, I think this one might be the one for me. Um, you've obviously, I think you've got a good few more games than I do, Carl. So do you want to pick out some of your main ones, and then we'll get into Ubisoft? Yeah, so I have, a, I have a few more picks um, that I'll, I'll quickly run through. Firstly, Hunt the Night from Moonlight Games. It's an isometric action RPG in a horror setting. Um, again, Zelda-esque vibes, um, but it seems more action-orientated. Um, horror is a nice kind of twist on it, so I'll be certainly checking this out. Uh, the next then was Wolfstride from Ota Iman Studios. It's a. This was just a really weird trailer. It was a really weird black and white trailer that led me to to think, what the hell is this game? So I had to Google the game to find out more, and it turns out it's a, a turn-based mech battle game. But then on the yeah. side, you kind of interact with the people in your town and stuff and build relationships sort of like you would in like a Persona game. And you can also do kind of work to earn cash, which you can then put back into your mech. So that it, it kind of read to me kind of like a like a turn-based mech game mixed with like kind of like a Shenmue or... Mm. You know, or, or Yakuza possibly, like, and it just looks really crazy in in terms of like the art style and thing. I, d- I definitely recommend checking out the trailer if you haven't already. So, um, this this game just seemed batshit crazy and really unique. So for for that reason, um, I just can't help but but uh, be interested in it. Um, moving on then to my picks from the wholesome direct, obviously. The, the hint is in the title there, wholesome. These games tend to be kind of cutesy and family-friendly. The first game is Paparazzi from Sunday Month. Um, and as the title suggests, you basically just take pictures of dogs. And as someone who has to kind of coo at every, every dog photo he sees, obviously of real dogs, not animated dogs, but I, I just thought this is worth a laugh, really. Um, so I, I just had to include it. I mean, uh, people it's love fair. dogs. It's, it, it's it's basically like Pokemon Snap with dogs. So pe- people are people are gonna love this. Um, next up is Amber Isle from Amber Tail Games, and it's effectively Animal Crossing with dinosaurs. I mean, it, it tries to differentiate it in the way that you actually run the store rather than you know being a villager or whatever that that visits the store. But somehow you running your store affects the, the whole town around you and the development of the town and how you interact with these little dinosaur characters coming into you. Um, it, it just kind of reminded me of how much I got into Animal Crossing last summer and how, you know, maybe I could be ready to get back into to something <laughs> like this again, you know, re- ready to, to, to dip into the little cutesy virtual life. So... And um, maybe this will be one I'll I'll check check out. 
And my last pick from the Wholesome Direct is Letters from 5am Games, which is coming out later this year. It's effectively a puzzle game um, where you're like this little character interacting with these letters that are being sent back and forth between two pen pals. And you're kind of just reading the letters and, you know, that's telling you the story. But as I said, you can interact with them and there's little kind of pictures off to the side and the little character interacts with them. It just, it just seems really unique. Like I've never seen a game like it. So for, for that reason alone, um, it really caught my intrigue. Um, and then lastly, moving on to the future game show. Um, we already spoke about eSports Boxing Club, which was one of my picks. Another one was Happy Game from Amanita Design. Another one you just, just have to check out the trailer for a guy if you haven't already. It's coming out later this year. It, it kind of gave me vibes of like um, Limbo and um, Inside, which obviously hmm. both come from the developer. Well, the trailer looked interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I was half. There was a part of me who was wondering, was this a, a Play Dead game? It, it wasn't in in the end, but it seems definitely to have taken some some inspiration. From that, it also reminded me in a way of We Happy Few, in that obviously in mm. We Happy Few, you'll see like when you take the drugs, you see the world all happy and bright. When you're off the drugs, you can see like people are eating rats and the, the, there's piss all over the streets. And, you know, and it, it seems similar because we see this little guy walking along and everything's all happy, sunflowers, little cutesy things. And then those things suddenly turn horrifying and are trying to kill him. <laughs> I mean, it, it just looks batshit crazy, and I'm I'm all in on that one. That that one is one I will definitely be picking up. Uh, next up is Starmancer from Chucklefish. Yes. This yes. is definitely a guy one. I was surprised you didn't bring this one up before me. It's coming into early access on August first, and it'll be coming to consoles in the future. It, it's from the developers of Starview Valley, which is one of Guy's favorite games. And But this is in space. You're, you're effectively like an AI that runs and, and kind of expands a spaceport. Um, it, it's got kind of vibes of like theme park and theme hospital, which obviously we were talking about earlier, but it also has vibes, of course, of, of Stardew Valley. Um it just looks really, really cool. And as we said, the developer has, has a real pedigree with, with these kind of games. I mean, I know you're going to be all in on this one. Hell guys. yeah. I, sorry, I just seen Gareth Bale Sky a penalty. That was that was entertaining. <laughs> um, Starbanter, yes. Um, I, yeah, everyone who's listened to this, even if it's your first time, play Stardew Valley. Um, Stardew Valley in space. Yes, please. Um, it'll be interesting to see because obviously quite a big part of Stardew, uh, for me anyway, is like, I don't think any of the characters are hugely important, but once you get into it, your relationships with all the characters, there aren't, they aren't that memorable. It's weird. When you're just kind of enveloped by that game, the characters mean loads, but they're really not that interesting. But it'd be interesting to see how they get the human relationship of an AI into a game in space. But yeah, it'd, be, it'd certainly be interesting. I mean, they could release anything and I'll play it. 
So I'm definitely in on this. And it look, looks like it's getting early access in August, or the start of August. So I'm guessing that'll be on PC for a period of time before it comes to console. Yeah, as soon as it comes to console, whether it's on early access on, 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 X, on Xbox, or if eventually it just releases a beta or whatever on Xbox, or Christ, I even dust off a PlayStation if it ends up exclusively. <laughs> I, I will play this goddamn game, because I, I love them. It gave me real Switch vibes. They're going to be kind of mm. the perfect game to, to play on the Switch. And I remember you I talking about how, how good it was playing Stardew Valley on a, a Switch. So, um, yeah, no, I'll be definitely keeping an eye out for, for more on this one and its console launch. And I just have one last game to highlight. And this one was just because it was, it was a hilarious trailer. Uh, it's Tales of Iron from Oddbug Studio. And the trailer was narrated by the same voice actor whose name escapes at the moment who uh, voices Geralt in uh, the Witcher uh, games. Um, I'll just quickly Google his name. Um, he is... Uh, video games. He is portrayed... By it does not one second there, um. But just I'll, I'll but basically yeah. there's a war going on between some rats and frogs, and the rats defeat the frogs, and they they had a great warrior king, but then the warrior king gets old, and the the frog king and his army come back with a vengeance. And the Rat King has to to pass on his she is his crown to one of his knights who then takes up the the battle against the frogs and it looks to be like a two D kind of slasher mm. game. Um, but it's just it's a really cutesy art style and just the having having the voice of Geralt um kind of refer to Good King Rattus. <laughs> just just had me laughing out loud. So I, I can't... Uh, I, I'm not sure it's one I'll necessarily play, but uh, the, the trailer alone is, is worth a watch. Um, uh, Doug Cockle, by the way, is the, the voice actor. So, um, you know, he's... he's I, I'd, I'd thumbs up for any future narration roles because I think his hmm. voice his voice just brings something <laughs> to them. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, we are about an hour and a half in, people, as you know, who you are listening. So I'm going to do, we're going to do Ubisoft, because I don't think that'll take too long, because, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll do that, and then we'll split it into two, and then we'll come back with Devolver, Xbox, and Co. Um, so, Carl, Ubisoft. I mean, there's only one place to start, and that's Rainbow Six, not quarantine. It's now Extraction as we mentioned on last week's show. And this is a Left 4 Dead clone, but fancier. Yeah, I mean, I've been interested in checking out a Left 4 Dead clone for a while. I mean, I've dabbled with maybe trying one of the Vermintides, um, given that they were really the, the only recent option at the time. But now there's going to be plenty of options. And while a part of me might think that Back for Blood would be the one to make sense i'm more so leaning towards rainbow six extraction and i i think that's for for two reasons firstly i'm a big rainbow six fan um i never got a chance to play too much of siege that's 
one of my great gaming regrets, knowing how much I, I adored uh, the Rainbow Six Vegas series and, and previous Rainbow Six titles. But also the, the quality of Rainbow Six Siege. I mean, Rainbow Six Siege is a game that's been going for five years now. It's still going strong. They have plans to support it for another five years, I think. I mean, that's a testament to how great that game is. And Rainbow Six Extraction is coming off the, the back of that. But it's just obviously taking its its own approach. Um, so, and I, I really liked what I saw of this game um, during, during its showing. So I think I'll, I'll be picking up Rainbow Six Extraction. It's not even too far away with a, a September 16th launch. So I think I'll be picking this one up and hoping that my friends will follow suit and, and we can get some co-op goodness going. I mean, what what's your thoughts on this one? Um, This is kind of what I thought the game would be or something survivally. Like maybe maybe I was more hinting towards the horde type game mode, but no, I, I quite like I quite like the look of it, but at the same time, I kind of want Rainbow Six to go back to what it was with Vegas, uh, because Siege is just it's a hard game to play. But I do lo- I do love Rainbow Six Siege, but it's just people are better at me at games, and I can't accept that. Um, but this looks interesting keeping all the operators from rainbow six siege and they had an in-game event uh must have been a good couple of years ago now i remember playing that and i wasn't overly impressed but if the flesh that out um i like the missing in action um function part of the game where if you seemingly if you die or one of your teammates dies you have to then go un- re-unlock the operator by rescuing the operator i quite like the idea of that it'll just be in- it'll be interesting to see how deep this game can go because i think although left for dead kind of captured magic in the bottle i think every other game like that gets repetitive quite quickly so if there's a lot of content I could see myself picking it up and enjoying it quite a bit. But if there's only like a handful of missions and the replayability is like just generated, oh, you've got to save your character here or something like that, I could kind of get put off by that. But I've bought a lot of shit games, so that does not throw me off. <laughs> um, which we'll get to in a bit, probably on the uh, the uh, Square Enix one. Um, but yeah, I, I was intrigued, but... I'm not overly convinced it'll be a hit the way Siege was. But I think whilst they're focusing on Siege, I think side projects like this make sense. Because if they, as you say, if they keep con- uh, if they're supporting Siege for another good few years, you can't really then go make a a classic shooter rather than like a uh, I don't even know how the hell you tactical shooter. That's probably the best way. You can't really go do a normal shooter whilst supporting a tactical shooter. So stuff like this makes sense, I think. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I like how you, you mentioned the 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 MIA, MIA aspect there. Like, it, it seems almost like it's a a, a rogue light element, and, yeah. and I like I like that because like pure rogue like I can't do because the idea of getting to a certain point and dying and having to start completely from scratch is just you know anxiety inducing to, to even think <laughs> about. But I, I like a game where it. it gives you a chance to 
to get back what you lost. Like obviously in, in Dark Souls with picking your souls back up or, you know, back in the day with Diablo, you know, you'd, you'd drop your, your gear, but you could, if you could get back down, you could pick back up your stuff. And that was particularly um, easier to do in, in co-op because your second player could kind of protect you while you grab your stuff. Um, so I, I, li- I like when it, it, it it's kind of forgiving in that sense and, and lets you get back to where you were. Um, so they, this is the same thing. You might lose your operator. You might be sloppy and, and get captured, but you can go in with your friends with with maybe a blank character and hide behind them until you, you free your operative and, and then be able to use them on, on the next mission. So I really like that aspect. Um, as you said, it, it might not necessarily hit the heights of Siege, but I'm not even sure it has to, um, mm. given that it's a, a co-op game rather than a, you know, kind of a consistent PVP multiplayer. So, um, yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll be picking this one up and, and hopefully it's it's one that will keep my interest. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of similar. I think I'll have enough people to play with where it'll be interesting, but yeah, it'll probably be one I end up picking up just because September's usually dead. It's before FIFA and COD and all that jazz, so it'll be enough to play there. Um, next up, I mean, we'll just do it in order because this is pretty much the end of this part anyway. Rocksmith Plus. I mean, I know it's not Guitar Hero. I'd welcome another Guitar Hero. I'm not sure I'd pick it up, pick it up, but it'd be ne- nice for a next generation to get a, a rock star or a Guitar Hero type game because it's just cultish. But Rocksmith Plus, it seems to be targeting people who want to learn guitar rather than a game. It's a bit weird, <laughs> wasn't it? That's probably where I'm going with you. Yeah, I mean, Rocksmith was obviously kind of like guitar hero and and um rock bands kind of rock band, serious older brother kind of thing in in that it, it took kind of what they did but actually made it a way to to learn guitar i remember once reading in a um in edge magazine back in the day about some guitarist who went in to to play rock bands in his local game store and then they ended up flunking out and the people watching him laughed at him and, and he was like someone who'd been playing guitar for like six, seven years and he was complaining how it was nothing like playing real guitar. But whereas Rocksmith, obviously you are playing a real guitar, it's just interacting with the game. And it seems like with Rocksmith Plus, it's it's almost more approaching an app than a game at this point. Mm. But clearly if, it's, if the series is still going, you know, they're... It, there's a popularity there and, and people are playing it. So it's, it's good for those people who've, who found a, a way to learn guitar from, from the game that, that they're going to get a, an improved version. It's a bit weird though. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think if you, if you're into guitars, you'd probably already know it. Like I did not know, I did not know of Rocksmith. <laughs> so it's obviously not one that's been targeted me in the past, but yeah, it's uh it is what it is. Uh, Riders Republic, biking game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the snowboarding segment kind of gave me Tony Hawk's vibes, and I was like, "Ooh, you know, I, I wonder if it's all like this." Um, because I couldn't really remember. I knew it was sh- shown previously, but I couldn't remember exactly what was shown. But then you go to a biking segment, and it seems to be in first person biking down a mountain. Mm. But then we're on jetpacks and it's back to third person 
it it seems to be trying to do a lot, and I do fear with a game like that trying to include so many different approaches to gameplay that you know they'll all be okay rather than if they'd focused and made like a really mm. good snowboarding game or a really to be good fair, BMX they did game. try it with steep, but I suppose they crammed in all the winter sports in one game, didn't they? Rather than focus on something, but yeah, I think. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It might be a bit of jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, I mean, it'll be steep didn't do so well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Riders Republic fares. And obviously it's only around the corner, so September 2nd launch. So I'll be intrigued to see what the, the reviews are like. Because as I said, the... You know, I wouldn't rule out checking this one out if if it gets good reviews because the snowboarding did did interest me. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's just capturing one aspect. Usually, it'll do it for them, but yeah, it'd be one for the reviews. I think uh, Rainbow Six Siege getting crossplay in, uh, in early twenty twenty two. Yeah, it, it was. I think they mentioned that at the last show. Or that was certainly the idea, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, do you remember anything from the montage of other stuff? For the existing games, no, uh, I remember those for honor and and things like that. But there was there was nothing that really jumped out to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it really was one of those things where it, it, it was what it was kind of thing. Um, yeah. I suppose if you're into any of those particular games, it's going to be for you. But if you're, if you're not a player of those games, it isn't, which is probably why they decided to just throw them in a, a, a montage reel, um, which was smart by, by Ubisoft. So, so kudos to them. But I, I watched it, but I, I didn't, I didn't take it in. I, I kind of came back you know, kind of into the room just in time for them talking about briefly about the the Ghost Recon breakpoint. I <laughs> it's a probably most shocking thing is they're still mentioning that game. That must have flopped harder than Wildlands. <laughs> uh, but I suppose the anniversary is what saved it. There, but yeah, I've not once been tempted to pick up Breakpoint. Yeah, me either. I remember Wildlands caught my interest early on, and then I heard it was only okay. And then when Breakpoint came out, I thought they'd kind of build on it and it'd be better. But then a lot of people just seemed to complain about Breakpoint, so that just completely ended my interest, which was a shame, given that I I, I loved the classic Ghost Recon games back on the, the PS2 and PC way back when. Um, but they, they've obviously, I think that series has never really had a, you know, after those first two or three games, it, it never really had a, a, a set style. It's, it's always tried to do different things. And the, the most recent, obviously, are these open world games. Um, but it, it's it's just not. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to have worked out how they, they might have expected it to. Um, but I mean, they're they're still trying, and obviously now they're celebrating the Ghost Recon 20th anniversary, so I'm sure they'll have some some interesting content there. But I, I just love them to just the next Ghost Recon game to be just 
back to the classic. It won't mm. be, but I'd I'd love it just a, a proper tactical shooter, similar with with the Rainbow Six. To be fair, yeah, maybe you can swap it around. Ghost Recon goes tactical, and Rainbow can go back to normal. Um, but we'll see. They'll rescue it somehow. Um, Assassin's Creed DLC for Valhalla. Um, yeah, looks fine. <laughs> More of the same. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they're deciding to... Obviously, we we know that they've moved to a two-year dev cycle for Assassin's Creed games, but with the last two, they didn't... Well, they didn't make a new game to replace it in the second year. They didn't continue to support the game into the second year, but they are with Valhalla. It's going to get a third expansion, whereas the, the other two games only got a, a couple of expansions. So I can't imagine how long this game is going to be because we all know my experience and 200 hours or what felt like 200 hours anyway with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So um, this 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 is uh, a, a, I wonder if if we end up with say four expansions, could, you know, could could we appro- be approaching over 200 hours? You know, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by that, but um, I still want to check out Valhalla mainly because it has a, an expansion where you get to play in Ireland, and um, hmm. not many video games let you play in my home country. So <laughs> for that alone, I'm I'm definitely going to play it at some point. Um, but it, it's nice that they're they're uh, supporting it. Um, you know, it's it's because I I always have that fear that they might slip back into old habits and suddenly. You know, I wasn't completely ruling out them announcing a new Assassin's Creed during this E3, and I think that would have been the wrong move. So I'm, I'm glad they're sticking to their guns on this. Yeah, I think as soon as you announce a new one, it kind of kills off the old one, doesn't it? So we knew there was DLC plans, so I think it was the right decision. But yeah, Valhalla kind of burnt me out because there was quite a bit of filler in it. I am tempted to go check out the DLC. It might just take a lull period in the games, which has pretty much been the entire last 18 months. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll probably eventually check them out. But towards the end of Valhalla, I know that I haven't played the ending, but my mate told me because I just could not be asked to go finish it. The ending doesn't sound great. But so hopefully the DLC is um, a step in a better direction. But hey, hey-ho, uh, we had two TV things. Uh, one was a film, actually. Mythic Quest, I know, is quite popular. Werewolves Within, yeah, cool. Have you watched any Mythic Quest? I know it's um, quite highly thought of. Funny enough, my non-gamer girlfriend keeps telling me that, that we need to watch that together because her and her former housemate were big fans. Um, so I've been meaning to watch some of it with her. Um, so it just kind of was funny for me personally that it, it popped up again in in their showcase here. Um, not a nice little reminder to to get into that. Um, Werewolves Within though is bizarre because I can't remember the game, and they even I think yes. alluded to that <laughs> in the trailer, which fair play to them. Um, so for that alone, I'm almost intrigued to check this movie out when it comes to to streaming services because it's just it almost won't feel like a video game movie because I can't remember the video game exactly. Uh, it looked like a who done it pretty much. That's where it was. Um, Far Cry Six. Yeah, it's Far Cry Six. We talked about it last time, I think. Um, but the thing we can talk about is the season pass, including Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, 
And I can't remember if it was here where they announced you could play as the villain in a certain game, or it might have been the it, Xbox One. It, it was, it was, was here as well, yeah. yeah. The, the other DLCs will allow you to play as, as boss and main and American bad guy from Far Cry 5. <laughs> the American name, I forget. Is it Decon? Maybe Decon. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Far Cry is all about the villains. The idea of playing as the villains is awesome. And then Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was amazing. I mean, when they when they remastered Far Cry 3 for PS4 and, and Xbox One uh, last gen, I was really surprised that Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon didn't get the same treatment. So I'm really happy that it's, it's coming back in. I, I'd almost be more excited to play this again than to play Far Cry 6. And that's no slide on Far Cry 6 because I'm really looking forward to Far Cry 6. I think it's the game to get me back into the series. I, I kind of haven't played one since Far Cry 4. I, I skipped 5 and, and New yeah, Dawn. So it, it, it's likely it'll, it'll get me back in there. And I think that the intro, they I, I gather it's the intro to the game they, they showed um, where he, he found, found his son yeah. trying to, to escape on the boat was really striking. I mean, it's it's one of those. I how Far Cry kind of introduced their villains is always really striking, but this might be the most striking introduction of a, of a villain to date. So I'm I'm all on board for this game. But I mean, the fact that we're going to get DLC where we get to play as the villains and also Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. I'm completely in. And I mean, for me, I didn't play the DLC for Far Cry 4. I obviously didn't play Far Cry 5 at all, so I never got got a chance to play the DLC. But the last DLC I did play, well, it was technically more of a standalone game than an expansion was Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. So I'm going to be all in for, for this game and this season pass. And I mean, that... That's that says it all. Take take all my money, Ubisoft. Yeah, I was the same. I never played five. I didn't play Primal. I didn't play New Dawn. Um, I don't even think I played Blood Dragon. To be honest, so that's something new for me. I'll probably check that out. But no, I think I am getting six. I I love the actor. The setting seems pretty cool and pretty much a made up Cuba. My only concern: what what did you make about the look of the game? Because it looked, it looked like an okay game for last gen. Maybe they're just trying to show last gen so it doesn't like have a cyberpunk situation. But it didn't look overly great. But I suppose Far Cry games don't always strive to be that. I suppose. I think it's a similar situation to Far Cry Four. In the Far Cry Four came out at the start of a new generation. And as a result, it it didn't look mm. as like as good as you know other other games that were made, particularly for that generation. But we've seen obviously Far Cry Five and Primal and New Dawn were a visual improvement on Four. So I think we'll probably have to wait for Far Cry Seven or whatever spin-off title there'll be to to see that that visual step up. But like I mean, that said, the the game still looks good. I mean, it's the best looking Far Cry game to date. Um, so I'm I'm not too concerned about the visuals. Yeah, I, visuals don't tend to bother me. I thought it just looked 
the, I can't remember bloody. I can't remember the actor's bloody name again. Castillo, something. <laughs> he looked, he looked a bit odd to me, but I won't let it bother me because he's great. His performance will be great, and you can shoot Macarena guns at people. Yeah, uh, and it's Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. I was gonna forget it this time. After uh... I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get it tattooed on my arm as a reminder. Yeah, no, I'm 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 all in for for him as the the villain. I mean, he he is a villain. So yeah, yeah he loves. He seems like a nice bloke as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Uh, so next up was pretty much the two. Well, and, and Rainbow Six Extraction. But these were the two big announcements from it. Uh, we got a Mario Rabbids crossover again with Sparks. Of, yeah, you did. To be fair, with Sparks of Hope. Again, this is not a game for me, but. This, the fanfare behind this is obviously huge. You're crossing Mario, which is probably the biggest gaming franchise with with Rabbids, which was obviously a huge success the last... I think they've done it a couple times now. So yeah, it, it, this will be huge, but maybe not for me. Is this for you? Yeah, I mean, I own Mario plus Rabbids um, for the Switch. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I know some people who have, and they're big, big fans. I mean, it's effectively XCOM, but with Mario and Rabbids. I mean, Mario Rabbids was the most bizarre crossover ever. I mean, Rabbids was this really low-key Ubisoft thing. I think the Rabbids originated in Rayman and then got their own kind of party game for the Wii and kind of spun off from there. But they, they were, they've never really been a big property. And yet, somehow Nintendo allowed Ubisoft to combine them with Mario and then and make it an XCOM game. And it was great. And it's just, it's, it has to be one of the craziest collaborations in, in video game history, but it, it just works. So I knew there was going to be a follow up to this game, which is why I, I predicted it in our, our preview. And I wasn't surprised at all when it, when it popped out, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy people are getting more of it because, and I'm happy for me too, because I do completely intend to play Mario plus Rabbids and I will then take this on at some point in in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fun. If that's your type of thing. Right. Last thing, probably biggest thing from Ubisoft is, I don't know if it was leaked ahead of time, but it was certainly well, not reported, but almost expected. An Avatar game, Frontiers of Pandora. We know... Well, it must be what? It must be like 12-odd years since the actual film came out or something like that. But we know there's sequels coming, which, I don't know, James Cameron's been making for a million years by now. Is it the right time? And what did you make of... Was it Was it just CG or was it in engine? I can't remember what it was, but it looked... I'd say okay, but it didn't make me want to like jump back and watch Avatar or something like that. I'm wording this weirdly, but what did you think? I thought it was. I thought it looked quite impressive visually, um, and I mean, but that's the the least I'd expect from an Avatar game. And when you watch the movie yeah. Avatar, you, it's you kind of come away thinking, <laughs> yeah, and, and you kind of come thinking about it thinking like this would make a cool video game like almost like probably better for a video game setting than a than a movie setting uh given the the meh reaction to, to the movie itself um but i mean i despite the, 
I felt that's all we got though was the the visual. We we don't know what the gameplay is going to be like. You know, we 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 don't know what the story will be like, of course. And they're probably the the biggest concerns when it comes to something like this. So I think we need to to see more um to to get a better idea of it and but I mean we we know obviously massive are a solid developer um given their their work on on the division and they've been entrusted with a Star Wars game and to be fair I'm I'm probably more excited about their Star Wars game than than Avatar but that's just because I I love Star Wars and as I said Avatar is a meh, meh movie and we haven't we haven't even seen the sequel yet I t- is the sequel due out next year? I have no bloody idea. <laughs> uh, I I think so. A quick Avatar sequels. Uh, yeah, it's releasing next Christmas. So oh, lovely! If the game comes out next fall, I, I think it could be a, a nice kind of build up to the to the movie. And although it's not a direct tie into the movie, that that almost has a classic feel. So that's what used to happen back in the day. Like the game would come out yeah. often a month or two ahead of the movie and be used as kind of a marketing tool for the movie. So it's interesting that they're at least inadvertently doing that. So um, I'll be interested to see how this one turns out, but I, I think we need to see more. Maybe there'll be a, a Ubisoft forward in, in later in the year or maybe mm. in the spring that will have uh, kind of some, some proper gameplay and we can see what this game is all about. Yeah, that's probably the hope. I mean, I am intrigued by it, but as we say, I mean, Avatar was so long ago, but yeah, I think timing it with the... It's like three films they're doing, isn't it? Like, is it four? It's four, according to Wikipedia. So, yeah, we're, we're going to get a lot of Avatar <laughs> in most forms. But yeah, this was one of them. It was the forgotten license, wasn't it? I think they've had it all this time, and I think they made one movie tie-in game, which was a bit crap. So yeah, endless potential, but it'll be interesting to see if they can measure up to that potential, I suppose. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's one to watch. Absolutely. Um, that's it for part one then, Carl. I mean, anything we've missed out of the ones we've mentioned? No, I mean, uh, I suppose to to just to, to tie it up would be to kind of give our, our verdict on on Ubisoft. I mean, what were your overall thoughts on on their showing? Um, I thought, I mean, if I give it a grade out of ten, I'd say a six and a half. I didn't expect loads. And that's kind of what I got. <laughs> but what we did get, I was kind of intrigued by. Rainbow Six Extraction, intriguing. Avatar, intriguing. And that's probably what I'd take away from that. Not stuff I know I like for 100%, but stuff I want to keep my eye on. What, what, what would you say? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a solid showing. Um, Rainbow Six Extraction and Mario plus Rabbits, Sparks Oprah, probably the... the standouts for me uh, Far Cry 6 wasn't too far behind they did make the, the what can be a bit of potential banana peel of, of focusing on movies and shows but I don't think they spent too long on it. it's yeah. not like remember back in the day when they talked about the Assassin's Creed movie for oh, like a half gosh. an hour so they've definitely learned from that um, 
they I like how they didn't spend too long on their existing games. Obviously, Rainbow Six Siege got a, a little bit of stage time, and um, they talked about Ghost Recon Breakpoint for a moment or two, but mostly they they confined it to to the montage. So I liked that. Um, they also resist the urge to open it with Just Dance 2022. They actually put a dead slap in the we middle. Didn't even, we didn't even mention it till so, now. Beautiful. You know, that, that, was, uh, that was nice. Um, yeah, so like I, I, I thought it was a solid showing. Um, I, I like the new Ubisoft approach of these kind of smaller forwards rather than an hour and a half show with a lot of filler. So long may they continue. They'll be back. When the when the crowds are back, the dancing pandas will be back. Don't you forget it. That's what we're calling the show, dancing pandas. But that's it for part one. Uh, we'll we we'll release. Like, I don't know. I'll just put a day between them or something like that because I'm sure if you listen to this, you'll want to get onto the Xbox stuff, which is probably the main thing. But yeah, back for part two. Cheers, everyone. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.